Every day, my friend Gordon and I talk about politics. UK politics, US politics, Brexit, Trump, stuff that's going on in the world, you name it. So we thought we'd record it and share it with everyone in what we're calling the experiment. Morning, Gordon. Uh, it's Wednesday, the 30th of, of October. Uh, and uh, things that I'm reading this morning uh, on the UK side uh, was digging into the pact or potential pact that the Lib Dems, Greens, and Plaid Cymru uh, might agree to. Uh, apparently, there was quite a bit of disagreement last time they tried to do a pact, but apparently that was also due to the fact that Labour took part, whereas this time Labour wouldn't be taking part. However, the pact members might still not run uh, candidates in uh, very pro-Remain Labour uh, districts, which is interesting. Um, it's not necessarily going to be super ironclad because all three parties are relatively decentralized. So the local, you know, the local Lib Dem candidate or uh, uh, party uh, would have to then agree not to field a candidate if the Green Party candidate uh, is likely to to win or the Plaid Cymru candidate uh, is likely to win. Um, so, you know, interesting to see how that turns out. And I think that could be potentially damaging. Also interesting to see how the the kind of lack of enthusiasm from the Labour um, backbenches around uh, running another election with you, you saw apparently some people last night for the vote didn't even show up to the vote, not because they uh, didn't want to vote for it, but because they literally just wanted to get back to their constituency to start planning. So that's interesting. Also on the flip side with uh, Johnson and and his crew, they seem to think that uh, Joe Swinson and the Lib Dems will take more from Labour than they will from the Conservatives. I don't know if that's really correct. I mean, all of the 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 new, or or sorry, most of the new additions to uh, the Lib Dems recently have actually been from Conservative uh, Remainers, and um, and so I, I just I, I imagine that that uh, Lib Dems might be taking from both you know Conservatives and Labour uh pretty significantly so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and then on the other side of the atlantic uh i was reading yesterday about the or, or this morning about this um uh, army or this NS, nsc expert on you uh, on ukraine and how he's been dealt with uh by the right-wing uh media don't really care what the right-wing media says i just think that the uh, the kind of initial reactions to him because he was born in Ukraine and he moved over here when he was three. So somehow he, um, you know, might be some sort of agent uh, for the Ukrainian government, even though he's a decorated war hero, Purple Heart recipient, uh, and uh, appointed by Trump or, or you know, recruited by Trump's uh, NSC. Um, so I, I was interested just because usually these right-wing uh, commentators are testing, you know, language, testing attacks uh, that the rest of the Republican establishment uh, then decide whether or not they co-opt. And there was pretty big backlash, uh, bipartisan backlash about this particular one. Uh, Liz Cheney even uh, chirped in and said, we're, you know, we're better than this. Uh, personally, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's all disgusting anyway. Um, but I also think that it's not good, good politics uh, from their point of view. I mean, literally, the guy went into his into his deposition or his um, his uh, 
yeah, his uh, deposition in his full military regalia. Like this is not the guy you want to um, to, to to die on your hill, claiming that he's somehow uh, more interested in protecting the Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian interests than the American interests, and somehow suggesting that he's some sort of agent. Um, so I have to say that if the Republicans are serious about this and don't nip it in the bud, it's really not going to help. Um, in general, I also think the Republicans aren't being helped by the fact that they don't have a coordinated effort organized. Uh, there have been quite a few calls for this a coordinated like office running uh, defense uh, against the various impeachment arguments and the leaks that are coming out of the uh, the private um, House uh, testimonies. Um, and Trump seems to be like not interested in having this. And, and I think that that's a serious mistake uh, from there their point of view, and you're seeing a lot of different factions trying to spin it in different ways that are actually contradictory and so therefore don't help their main argument. So um, not a great start to the week with impeachment. And I also would note how, my, how many times in the last 24 hours have we heard uh, the word Baghdadi aside from poking fun at the 48 minutes that Trump spoke about that. Um, I think you were you kind of mentioned this about is there going to be a Baghdadi bump? I think Trump, like a lot of the successes he could claim before, has managed to shoot himself in the foot again and ruin a, a perfectly uh, easy thing to to uh, claim victory on and and you know be magnanimous about. So those are the things I'm I'm reading and paying attention this morning. Um, what about you? What do you think uh, is 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 the situation with? This uh, Lib Dem Green Plaid Cymru Pact is it a legit thing to be interested in? Um, and what else are you reading about the the election and uh, what's coming up? Hey, yeah, I'm uh, I'm good, thanks. Uh, yeah, I saw that the uh, continued talk about a, uh, about electoral pacts between the the Lib Dems and some of the uh, smaller parties. Um, so I I went back and I tried to find out is there any evidence that these kind of pacts uh, work or, or or do they backfire? And uh, I mean, the, these pacts have almost always broken down uh, when it comes to a, a general election, um, but they've been uh, had some success in uh, in by-elections. Um, but but let me ask you this question. Then uh, you said a few days ago that you were thinking of um, uh, voting Liberal Democrat in the next election. How would you feel if that choice was taken away from you? If uh, if at the next election you get into your uh, your polling station and the ballot paper, uh, your only option is Plaid Cymru or the Lib Dems or uh, or um, or the SNP. Uh, would you feel like uh, you, that choice had been taken away from you? Also, I noticed in the discussion uh, uh, that was happening from uh, uh, or uh, an interview with uh, Plaid Cymru talking about this, they said, ah, well, we need a pact because we want to get a good number of uh, uh, Remain MPs in Parliament. And I, I got to tell you, that's not the right attitude. You you, you got to think you got to win. If you just have like a, a a large minority of MPs who are voting Remain, then you've already lost. Um, uh, one thing that I thought was uh, was interesting is that uh, it turns out, although they've now voted to have the uh, voted to have the election, um, they're still sitting for another few days. And in those next few days, they're going to decide who the next Speaker of the House is. Which I got to tell you, I think is kind of insane. Um, the person who gets elected speaker then runs for re-election as the speaker and customarily nobody else, um, nobody stands against them and they don't cast a vote except under the circumstance where there was a, where there happened to be a tie in the House of Commons, uh, which, is, which is almost never. Um, and I just think that 
at the moment, there's a very high likelihood of a hung parliament, and there's a very high likelihood that it's really going to matter the exact number of MPs that all the parties have. And you would just think that, since there's no pressing need to elect a speaker, you would you would have thought that they would have postponed that until after the election. Then after the election, if it's really tight, then the Conservatives might say, okay, well, actually, we're not going to elect somebody from, from our benches to be the speaker. We're going to find somebody from, you know, maybe some uh, a third party or an independent or something like that who could be, uh, who could be the speaker. So I think that they, uh, they should be careful and they may come to regret uh, voting in one of their own if that's, if that's what they decide to do in the next few days. Um, in, terms of the, uh, in terms of American politics, yeah, I mean, the, the attack lines there are, are, clearly, are clearly quite bad. Uh, sorry, and, and not just not just bad, but they're being they're being made with with ill motivation. No, nobody actually uh, making these arguments would have accepted those arguments being made under the uh, under a different administration or something like that. So they're really being made in bad faith. Um, what perhaps was more um, uh, more pertinent in terms of the long term of the impeachment inquiry was his testimony, uh, which seemed to be that. Uh, that some of the stuff, some of the kind of key incriminating details had maybe been re uh, removed from or not put into the uh, transcript. Uh, details that made it even more explicit that the uh, uh, president was asking Ukraine for an investigation of Burisma, which is this energy company that, uh, that Hunter Biden was on the board of. Um, there are some people who say, well, or at least some reports that I've read that have said, well, you know, this was just the... There was, there was no conspiracy and other people who were saying, well, okay, uh, redactions and, and removal from this stuff is really bad. I'm on the uh, wing that tends to say that uh, it, was a, it was a long transcript, a lot of this stuff was being done live and it was supposed to be contained a little bit anyway. So there's probably not a conspiracy there, but it really doesn't look good that some of these key details are, um, uh, were, uh, were not put in the final transcript. And it really is not good for the president that these details are coming out now because they make him look even more guilty. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a really challenging situation that the Republicans are finding themselves in just because they have a lack of uh, a war room and the Democrats I think are are being pretty effective at uh, at releasing pretty damning opening statements um but also by keeping it um behind closed doors they're able to actually uh interview these people um and try and prevent uh witness uh tampering or coordination um and and i think whether it's uh trying to slander vidman or uh or trying to do this these stupid stunts where you you're uh, trying to storm the committee room that uh, a lot of you actually already have access to in the first place. Um, I just I, I do find that interesting. On the other side, um, you know, the Southern District of New York and some other uh, jurisdictions are stepping up their uh, examination of Giuliani. And I think that's kind of a slightly sleeper story here that we're going to hear more about. I think Giuliani, in the words of John Bolton, you know, is a is a hand grenade, um, and uh, and and we're still not sure like what the heck is he doing. And I think that's going to be really interesting to watch, and that's going to be what I'm 
going to be watching for the rest of this week. Um, your question, uh, how would I feel if I had to vote for another party? Uh, well, in my personal uh, area, uh, which is in Scotland, which is in Edinburgh, um, I won't have to make that decision um, because uh, the SNP wouldn't be part of this pact. Uh, and so um, the SNP candidate will be running against the Lib Dem candidate. Uh, how would I feel normally? I, I don't know. It's a good question, but um, but I, I do I, I have to say that not very many other elections have been this close to a single issue election uh, since I don't know. Um, um, well, you tell me if there's if, if there's ever been an election that's been uh, or at least in relatively recent memory. Uh, that has been surrounded one surrounding one issue. I'd like to think that if I was in a a place in Wales, or or let's say that you know I had to I was forced to choose the SNP because um, the Lib Dems weren't being active here. I don't think I'd have a problem with that. I mean, I I, I really I really don't. I think um, it, my vote uh, uh, I'm uh, or with my vote. I'd like to for the purposes of this election. Uh, vote for whoever is most likely to um, to keep us the closest to join with the EU as possible. Um, if I'm allowed to vote and allowed to give my my voice, whether it's another referendum, which I don't think is a good idea, but even if there was a referendum, doesn't mean I wouldn't take part, or whether it's uh, through a general election, um, you know, I, I don't want Brexit, so I will just vote uh, whichever option is likely to give me to give me that outcome. Um, so, yeah, if if the Lib Dems and the SNP uh, linked up and I had to vote for the SNP because the Lib Dems stood down in my constituency, um, I wouldn't have a problem. Um, not going to happen in this constituency. And I happen to know the Lib Dem candidate uh, who's going to be standing, which is very exciting. Um, anyway, uh, what about you? Do you, do you, uh, I noticed that you, you looked up some interesting stats about previous attempts at pacts. Um, but what do you feel? Do you think that it's, uh, inherently, you know, undemocratic and, and, and trying to, uh, trying to play the system or, or, uh, or would you be, would you consider voting for uh, a party that you might not necessarily have as your first choice if it meant uh, as a result of a, a pact being um, uh, being made uh, in your local constituency.